What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend, a debrief, an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson, joining me uh, in the host spotlight again. She's the best there ever was, Miss Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I'm very well. Happy, happy pre-summer. I know. I we Memorial Day is behind us now, so I feel like it's summer mode. Yeah, forward. and it rained a little bit on Memorial Day. A but, tiny bit. Just a little bit. A but. tiny bit here. Well, at least in my house, it was just a tiny bit. Oh, okay. We got, we got a decent amount of rain. Yeah, we got yeah. a half inch or more. Oh, really? In Stephen City? On huh. and off, on and off throughout the day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hopefully it didn't ruin so, any plans. So but pandemonium in our family stayed in the house. That's great. Well, for some, <laughs> did you have family in town? Like at, you hosted? Yeah. Okay. Well, we were, yeah, we were going to go to our daughter, Alyssa's. Okay. For the bet. It, it was just too muddy. Right. Right. Stuff yeah. Out, out, out there. So yeah. It was just easier to have every, everybody over to our house and it was fun, but you it's know, a little bit of cabin fever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, the, the three-year-olds are now interacting playing together so they add a level of yeah of you know whatever they determine uh, how things go and the eight, yeah nine and ten year olds are at another level and and yeah <laughs> we, we had um friends that were in our community group that moved away but then they are back before they head over to korea but they have two little ones uh two and three and we realize our house is not baby proof (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's Mm -hmm. very busy the boys were like wow babies are a lot of work (laughs) that's so funny uh you've heard him already he's with us uh, in the booth this week senior pastor mark carey mark how you doing my friend yeah fine good thank you for being here guys let's jump into a a sunday in review alicia i'll come your way we've been unpacking acts 15 um mark went to an old testament passage as well but what were some things that stood out to you this weekend and then we'll see what mark has for us yeah we've been sitting in acts for a good a good bit and um, I've been chewing on this passage the last couple of days, and I, I thought it was really interesting how, um, Pastor Mark, you chose to highlight the Amos passage and go into as much depth as you did, but I really appreciate that because um, we've seen Peter and we've seen Paul highlight the Old Testament scriptures before as they are proclaiming Christ and uh, using the Old Testament as authority uh, to back up what they're saying, and and depending on their audience, you know the the message has changed a little bit as far as what's been highlighted. But here we have another situation where these Old Testament uh, words are being spoken uh, with authority, and and I loved how you brought that out just to say, you know, hey, the, listen, where um, J- where uh, James is basically saying. The scriptures are have spoken, mm-hmm. and the promise of Israel is going to be restored again, and the Gentiles are going to be included in that. There's there's really not a whole lot of difference on how that how they get saved, how we got saved. Uh, the, this is a message for us all, and it's grace through faith. And um, so, I just really appreciated that um, how you focused on the authority of God's word and just how um, this, the scriptures have spoken. And here we're starting to see it unfolding, uh, mm-hmm. which is also showing us, hey, God's working. Do you see the sovereign plan? It's continuing to unfold. Mm-hmm. And that's really uh, fun to see happening. 
What helps avoid that misconception, too, that, yes, what Jesus came to do was so incredible, so mysterious, so exciting, but it, it also, he didn't change everything. It wasn't that God changed his mind or that the Old Testament didn't speak to this Jesus in this way. Like, it could have been very easy to have this Jerusalem council, have this argument of, of Mosaic law and Old Testament law versus in this whole other camp, well, no, no, no. Jesus came and so it's all different. Now it's this Jesus thing. James is able to say this is a both and situation, guys. This is this is actually what the what what you are using as evidence for your argument is actually evidence for this argument. And that's very important as we look at our relationship with Jesus and I know for a lot of young people Old Testament is not to be overlooked. It's not to be ignored. It's not that Jesus came and just, uh, well, we throw all that out now because Jesus came. We know all scripture is profitable. Even the New Testament tells us that. But it's he's been there. He's been through it all. I remember going to a passion conference in Atlanta in 2017, and they released this, this Jesus Bible, 66 books about one name. And all these pastors basically did commentary in the margins saying, here's how this points to Jesus. Here's how this points to Jesus. And for young people, that trended very well. Because it's a light bulb moment. Oh, maybe it is all. Maybe it does all have to do with what Jesus did. That way it's not so different. Right. Yeah. All scripture is God breathed. Yeah. And not just not just these New Testament words, but how God's taken uh, all of the scriptures and they all point to him. Mm-hmm. And in in that in this whole Jerusalem Council thing too, I, I couldn't help but to think about the um for us and how as believers now the reformation was a very similar sort of a um come to jesus moment yes Mm -hmm. exactly because here luther is recognizing wow the catholic church is not aligning with uh with the scriptures and Mm -hmm. so um so there had to be this reformation where the emphasis of the five solas um happen and um so that affects that affects us and but i think it's so important uh because of the value of scripture um yeah but otherwise we're we're left to uh man's opinion it becomes a well what do you think what do you think <laughs> yeah. it's a pooling of ignorance mm-hmm. uh you know or or testing the where's the wind blowing today mm-hmm. uh the winds of and Paul tells us in Ephesians um, 4 that we are not to be tossed about by every wind of doctrine, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects into Christ. And um, if we are not doing that, 2 Corinthians eleven three, we are susceptible to the schemes of the devil. Like Eve was deceived, Paul says, I fear for you believers in Corinth that your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and devotion to Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what was happening. Again, we made the emphasis in the previous weeks that these were this was kind of an internal right. struggle. These were Pharisees who had believed. These mm-hmm. were, uh, you know, who, whoever these other people were that had come from Jerusalem, maybe they weren't um, Christ followers. I, my guess is they were. It doesn't say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they weren't sent out by James and the, the apostles in Jerusalem, that was made evident, that letter. Mm-hmm. We didn't authorize this. They spoke out of turn, you know, this. Um, but, um, you know, the, the, the best question we can ever ask is, you know, that's a really interesting pers- position you have. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- where, does, where do you find that in the scriptures? Mm-hmm. Tell, How did you arrive? Understand. Well, even, even when we 
see what happened here. And after the letter was sent out, there was immediate relief to the hearers. They were encouraged. But it wasn't a, a, a it wasn't it didn't completely fix everything because no. here we you know, Paul writes to the Galatians there's same issues. And so mm -hmm. once again, he's having to bring it back to the scriptures to remind them, yeah. hey, guys, and, and I mean, this is a lifelong thing, right? And isn't it interesting that of the three people who spoke at the council, Paul, Barnabas, and Peter, Barnabas and Peter, according to Galatians 2.13, got sucked away from this pure message when they, ca when they yeah. uh, uh, caved into the, mm -hmm. the Judeers and, yeah. and Paul addresses that even you know even Barnabas was swayed and even Peter was swayed mm -hmm. uh, by it so you know we got to keep coming back and and every generation and every generation or, or, or multiple times has to keep coming back to you know it's grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone mm -hmm. and we have to keep keep that um that it's it's Reformation theology, but it's 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 first first century uh, New Testament uh, Jerusalem Council theology. Well, it's it's that focus. It's easy to live as if the, the the truth is easy, but defending it is hard. And it's easy to read Acts and be like, look at all the persecution. But this, like you said, this is a battle from within. This isn't persecution about silencing the message. Now it's an honest attempt to clarify the message, and that's hard. So we got to know what truth is, and and it really just speaks to that importance of okay, how 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 well do we know this stuff, and how does it all actually fit together? So we're not we're not leaning on assumptions. And, and that's what's so fascinating about you mentioned this communitarianism idea this weekend and how we the wind of doctrine, okay, approval in society now, okay, good, great. We're all, and that will continually change. But it's so easy for me still to look back on my spiritual walk and I can see the assumptions yeah. I've been making for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can I tell you something that jumped out at me? So... Um, in verse 10, in chapter 15, it's uh, when Peter is speaking, mm -hmm. and he says, Now therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the ne neck of the disciples that neither as our fathers nor we have been able to bear? And that made me think of Jesus' words, and I'm wondering if he was thinking of Jesus' words when he was saying that. When Jesus said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And, and it just, I was thinking about like religiosity um, and just the burden mm -hmm. of caring religiosity and, and how we can bring that down in our little circles of standards that sure. we put on other people or people put on us because we're not conforming mm -hmm. to uh, whatever the expectation is. And so, so that like that ministered to my heart. I'm, I'm seeing Peter, he's, he's walked with Jesus. He's, he knows what, <laughs> what this looks like. And he knows that the burden is not, it's a, it's a, it's an easy burden. And this isn't a yoke for us to be bearing under that burden. And so, um, I just, I appreciated Peter's heart. And this is like, okay, we, here we've got Gentiles, but we also have these Jews. They're not, they're not the enemy guys, <laughs> you know, they're, they have been steeped in their, in the law and mm -hmm. it is right for them. You know, they, they, of course they're going to care about that it. Yeah. Circumcision. That's how they're, you know, physically showing that they are set apart in the chosen ones. 
Yeah. But now things are different. So let's show grace. Yeah. And, and even when Jesus said that, you could easily, if you were Peter, James, John, you could easily see that in terms of the Jewishness, the Jewish audience. Mm -hmm. But they never would have had a thought that Jesus would have included Gentiles in that. Right. Easy, easy right. yoke. Right, right, right. And so that's, that's mm -hmm. again, where the, the difficult thing in Acts and the transitional nature of the book uh, comes in and why the Jerusalem Council was so important because they, they had to tack this down. Mm -hmm. And when James gets up and says, I, I, I mean, I, I wish we would have had a recording of this, mm -hmm. but he gets up uh, and he says, brethren, listen to me. Uh, you know, people were, had been listening to Paul and Barnabas talk about the signs and wonders that God had done. And they'd heard Peter and it was almost as if James was sensing that that's all good, but guys, it's it's it goes far beyond mm -hmm. the experiences that you're sharing. Mm -hmm. You got listen to me, mm -hmm. and then he says, you know, Simon has related how God has done this, and with this, the words of the prophets agree, as it is written. And I think that's where he 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 reins it in at that mm -hmm. point. Listen to me. You've been listening to these stories, great, wonderful things that God is doing. Experiences are wonderful, but the experiences have to be measured against the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And so he goes to the prophets. So let me ask you this. Yeah, right. Let me ask you this then, Mark. Like we're expositional teaching going through Acts 15. So for those of you who, who haven't been here, haven't listened, he, he, Mark's been preaching through 15 a couple weeks now, the dispute attacking the gospel, the defense upholding the gospel, and most recently this weekend, the decision affirming it. As you're preparing for this sermon, and okay, you know we're teaching on Acts 15, and obviously it quotes Amos. How do you discern how much time you want to spend deviating, so to speak, from Acts, and, and why was that clearly important this weekend that we understand the words used and quoted. Yeah. Because um, as one, I've... One of the members of my family, I deviated probably too much on that. <laughs> but we yeah. had a nice uh, conversation about it. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I really, I, I mean, I really think um, th this, as Luke is writing this, mm -hmm. I think it crescendos. It's... the. the, the the um, concern is laid out, and, and they convene this, and Peter shares his perspective. Paul and Barnabas shares their perspective, and then it's that, listen to me, mm -hmm. and the prophets have said this as it is written, and it crescendos to that point that it just all comes down mm -hmm. to that event. Now, the, now the question is, I, I, well, are you asking in terms of just the sermonic development, why I included as much as I did? Or Yeah, why not Why not just read through it, gloss over it, right. versus, versus let's turn there and learn the, the... Well, that's, again, part of the discussion. That was what I was second-guessing after the FSAT <laughs> services. You know, I, you, maybe, maybe people, just, we just don't need to go into that detail. Just to say, you know, James quoted Amos. And Amos says the Gentiles are going to get uh, saved, but mm -hmm. same way, and then move on. Hmm. Um, but um, I, I think we need to communicate respect for the scriptures, sure, because yeah. that's what James is doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you really looked at the passage, anybody who had eyeballs on this passage could see there was a bit of a deviant, uh, right, right, right. deviation, deviation from what Amos said. 
And maybe it's just the teacher in me or whatever that wanted to say, look, we we need to understand why James is going to Amos and what what is it about this passage? Uh, mm-hmm. Why did he? Why did the Holy Spirit impress that upon James? Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah. so to appreciate the scriptures, I felt sure. like I needed to go take whatever it was, 10 minutes or whatever, and, yeah. and, and delve well, and, into it. And I, I think it's worth saying, too, like, <laughs> preaching through Acts is a unique animal in the sense that this is this is de- descriptive text. It's it's a historical narrative. You're going to arrive at, okay, so what? where else can I go? Like, I, as I've preached through Acts, mm-hmm. what are some other companion scriptures that I can find? Now, you can find a symbol, similar ideas, and we know that what Paul goes on to do, which is very helpful, but to, to a certain degree, Mark, I, I'm in your corner in the sense that it was, it was late up for you there like a golden egg here here's another scripture that that he it was his evidence yeah. in a round table of evidences yeah. and i'm always fascinated mm-hmm. uh, to see how new testament writers interpreted actually Old did. testament mm-hmm. texts that's good and uh i can remember just before the earth's crust hardened i had a class at Dallas <laughs> seminary on on interpreting the, the old from the new when it's quoted and there's there's it's it's pretty interesting um, mm. what the what the authors were doing. They respected the Old Testament. I think they took it literally, and that was a point that mm. I think Amos is doing here. Um, <clears throat> and if you go to that Amos passage, if if and it comes down to that big word hermeneutics, um, James is interpreting. He's he's applying hermeneutical principles mm-hmm. to Amos. So what was he doing, and, and how was he using that? And, um, and, I, and so when, you know, Amos would say, um, in that day, mm-hmm. I will, uh, uh, restore the tabernacle of David, meaning the household of David, the, mm-hmm. the lineage of David, the Davidic, uh, royalty. Um, but James says, after these things, I will return. Mm-hmm. Now, some say that was a, he slipped in a little bit of Jeremiah in there mm-hmm. and, and, but he, because he says the prophets agree mm-hmm. what to me, which is fascinating, James is taking that Old Testament passage and he is interpreting it for us. He's giving us the meaning mm. and of it. And the meaning, to me, became clear. If you take it, if you have a literal hermeneutic, it says, after these things, well, what things? Well, the judgment that's coming. Well, was that in, in 722 B.C.? Because that's what Amos was addressing, was Assyrian, was a sin of that right. 8th century BC. After these things, well, certainly it's after those things. Mm-hmm. But as prophets of old would write, there would be also secondary mm-hmm. future, uh, secondary applications to that, mm-hmm. which we know. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about a time of great judgment that's going to befall, and it's going to be after that, after those things. And then he says, I will return. It's God speaking. I will return. And that that word that is used does check it out in all the other contexts. It's it's talking about a kind of a bodily, a personal return. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to come back. It's mm-hmm. the John Mac- uh, John MacArthur. It's the General Douglas MacArthur. Mm-hmm. I heard John MacArthur's retiring. Is he really? That's what I just some just wow. asked me. If that's the case, but anyway. But G- uh, General Douglas MacArthur said, you know, I will return uh, yeah. to the to the Philippines and. Um, it's a bodily, physical return. It's it's God is God is saying here um, there is going to be a physical return, and that's the Messiah, uh, and that James is interpreting that. 
that after these things, after a time of judgment, um, God's going to return. He's going to restore the fortunes of David, rebuild the tabernacle, and all these blessings are going to come. Well, if you just take the Old Testament literally and you go through Isaiah and all these prophets, he's talking about not this age, right? Because he, he the the tabernacle of David, the dynasty of David, hasn't been restored yet, folks. Mm -hmm. And unless you spiritualize that and come up with all sorts of uh, hermeneutical gymnastics, just just take it literally. There's a day coming after a period of great um, judgment where he's going to return and he's going to set this all up and he's going to uh, replant the people in the land. And it, and he says um, there in Amos, it's going to where the, and they'll never be uprooted again. If you just have a literal hermeneutic and you take that at face value, it's a time when Jewish people are going to be put back in the land and they'll They'll never be uprooted again. I mean, that's what it says. Mm -hmm. um, so why play mental and exegetical gymnastics kind of to spiritualize this thing and force it to say something? It's not saying. Mm -hmm. Let it speak. That's what James was saying. And all he is saying is what is happening to the Gentiles now, and as, as witnessed by Peter and Paul and Barnabas, it shouldn't be a surprise to us because it's going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When the res restoration of the people back into our land, which they thought, now this was like 20 some years after Jesus had ascended, but they they thought any, it was going to happen any at time. any time. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and um, so they were just saying, look, it's good. James was probably saying something like, you know, maybe in a few months, certainly maybe in a few years, the Gentiles, so it can happen now. It's all part of God's heart and plan mm -hmm. for the Gentiles. So get off their backs, he said. We're, let's not cause any more trouble for these people. Mm -hmm. uh, let's not lay this again yoke and burden on them because clearly he's saying the prophets agree with this. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They agree with this. It's not that what was happening was being fulfilled right then, but it was um, it, the prophets are in agreement with that. James is looking ahead yeah. to the fact. Paul in Romans looked back. Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Mm -hmm. James is looking ahead in his in this passage and saying mm -hmm. they're going to uh, come to faith and by sure grace of God, nothing's going to be imposed upon them. So um, the prophets agree with that. So get off their back. Let's write a letter. Let's settle this thing. And they did, except for these um, four. That's helpful. But just to <clears throat> clarify why the, why the words changed, it just it helps um, bring the reality to what's happening in that, mm -hmm. in that situation. Also, another thing that stood out to me was just, um, we can see the Holy Spirit at work once again. And um, in verse 28, it says, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no yeah. greater burden than these requirements. And so we can see the Holy Spirit's being actively involved, you know, once again, which is really cool. And, Something that is unique is the Holy Spirit's not trying to make everybody the same. Mm -hmm. um, he's just unifying. You know, the, the purpose is for unity. They're very different. They're coming from very different places, cultures, beliefs, all of all of that. But 
the purpose that the Holy Spirit is doing is to unify. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's such a neat picture of the body of Christ and what it's going to look like, you know, when, when, the, when everything is restored. We're not going to all look the same, yeah. but there will be unity in that. And we get you know, little tastes of that here because of what the Holy Spirit does um, actively and working in our lives. Yeah, remove the Holy Spirit. And we're left to our own uh, fleshly desires, which, which will mean disparate voices and dissension and debate. Yeah. Bring the Holy Spirit. There's always, even in diversity, there will always be a one-mindedness right. that we mm -hmm. can come to. And uh, yeah, that's 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 one of the wonderful things about the body of Christ. Yeah. If if we just kind of, you know, have a respect and a love for one another and a a, desire to know the scriptures. A strong upholding of the scriptures. It's it's diversity, not division. And there's a lot of there's a lot of pastors that speak to that. I mean, we we, we know Paul was or became all things for all people, and you can interpret that so many different ways. But there's a, there's a way to verse 29. You listed these this weekend. You're going to abstain from these four things. Well, if you're still teetering on whether or not salvation is a free gift, it's so easy to isogete that verse or say, oh, oh, goodness, okay, now here's something I have to do in order to blank, blank. But just be aware. Yeah. Be aware of, don't cause anybody else to stumble. There's all these other passages that That's can help right. support. And next this next weekend, mm -hmm. we'll be talking about that. Sweet. Because in the next passage, Paul gets this young convert, Timothy, mm -hmm. and what does he do? Circumcise him. Circumcise him. Yeah, and that's Jewish law, and and that's huge because they're you know you speak with forked tongue. Yeah, yeah, and that's. I remember when Dennis first walked me through Acts Dennis fifteen. Yes, Acts fifteen yeah, and sixteen. Um, when, when he was the youth pastor here, I did a mentorship under him. But he he walked me through Acts fifteen and sixteen in, in that mentorship, and he said, "Look at all the effort they went to to make sure nobody thought you had to be circumcised." And then one chapter later, Timothy Paul has to tell Timothy, "Hey, buddy, guess what?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's to to learn that and be like, wow. So that, I mean, ministry was on their hearts and mind, and it was no joke to them yeah. that and, they were willing to go to that. And you refer to 1 Corinthians 9, which mm -hmm. I'll do next week, but um, that's kind of sums it up. That became all things. heart is mm -hmm. uh, for that. So th there's a difference between respecting doctrine and being doctrinaire. Mm, that's good. And, uh, you know, I guess I, what I appreciate about you, Caleb, because you you are young, you know, 27 years old. When I was 27 years old, I think I was a lot more doctrinaire mm. than what I sense from you. Much more dogmatic mm -hmm. on, uh, not that you're not dogmatic, but you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Of course, that's because you've been surrounded by such great wisdom. <laughs> all, right. all, all credit goes to Don Don Hartog. Yeah. I don't know about anybody else. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, you're right. You're right. I know what you mean. But... Um, that's what I appreciate about Paul. He's mm -hmm. yeah, and I think that that is so important. You and you talked about what was the term? Oh, communitarian. communitarian. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I feel like in this day and age, where your you know your generation mm -hmm. is up up and coming, um, the things that your generation has having to deal with now is extremely more extreme than what my generation or your generation as far as like being confronted just flat out confrontationally sure. against the, the the scriptures and so um i just i respect 
you and what you're doing within your young adults and with the youth and just um, helping to equip hearts and minds to be ready mm -hmm. um, with the authority of the scripture. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's just, I think yeah. it's so important. And, and the devil doesn't know, he, he doesn't know new tricks either. He's been doing this with, with every generation some way or another. As God said. Exactly. So it's, it's manifesting itself very front and center, very high emotion, volatile. People are putting their identity in things that they shouldn't. But man, the, raising the value. People, people think what my age group and younger are going to be up against is the LGBTQ movement, racial injustice, yada, yada, yada. What we are up against is a lack of biblical dependency. That's what we're up against. And that's going to manifest itself in so many different ways. But if we can tackle that, if we, if we can plant that seed with youth and young adult to think biblically before you start to think behaviorally, now the communitarianism thing you're addressing it on the front end of, well, what does God say? Yeah. Instead of hopefully arriving, it, it, absolutely. The other way around. Exactly. And I think going back to that, your generation and younger, mm -hmm. what has exacerbated the issue is the, is the, the social media is the, the mm -hmm. internet. The, I mean, mm -hmm. the, the accessibility the right. of information yeah. that mm -hmm. probably uh, makes the waters a bit murky, confuses people and you read. Absolutely. These, and so, well, so you almost feel like sometimes you're going to go with your, what's, what, what do you feel? What's best? Mm -hmm. And the mentality of the world is, well, let's be tolerant. Let's not be judgmental. Let's love one another mm -hmm. and accept one another. Right. And, um, and you can do all that, but still say, thus saith the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's what's getting thrown out. Well, whose definition of love? Yours? Heaven forbid, right? But that's what that's what everybody's running with, yeah. their own definition of love and truth. And then it's run your race, I'll run mine. And if we, if we happen to agree on the same certain things, well, we'll be best pals. We're also losing the ability to disagree. Like, I think it's so good to have a venue like this or a community group context yeah. to, to be able to wrestle, to be able to have and these... And, and so, and, and that's, and I just want to say like that to a much smaller degree, ha hear me right on this, happens all the time within our pastoral staff. Not that we're arguing over these major important issues, but we all will have a conversation that centers around scripture so we can kind of go, well, wait a minute, what, what is God saying here? What do you think he's saying? And, and the more everybody can use scripture, the more we all will arrive at the truth. And now there's this not all happy, happy-go-lucky religion when it's going well, yeah. but it's concrete truth. Where, where do you start? Is the is the issue? Do you start with "Thus saith the Lord"? <laughs> and I, I, I know that He has spoken, but I'm not clear on that. But I know what He said is is true. So let's go find that. Or do we start with some other um, mm -hmm. value system that mm -hmm. that are shaped by the community? Of again, we have to be tolerant, or or what whatever the trend is going, right. um, and it, and it'll affect anything. Women's role, uh, uh, gender identity. I mean, you just just pick it. Mm -hmm. So we we you know, God forbid that we would say anything that would offend people or or cause them to question things. You know, I mm -hmm. mean, hurtful and, and, and stuff like that. Well, churches will put their stake in, in their branding or in the name of their church or their marketing or their new, or their new sermon series or their new this or their new that. And and before you know it, it does it doesn't help fight the narrative that this is just another way to consume. That it's yeah. another pick your favorite Christian country club to belong to. Like that's a that's a misconception in our society. But often you can feed into that if you start to care. About what, what does everybody 
here going to think more than you care. Well, what does God think about what's going on here? And basically, that's what James did, yeah. right? And, and, the, and the whole Jerusalem Council. Yeah. So I, I do think it's a, it, you know, we said at the very beginning of starting it, it, three weeks ago in, in in Acts fifteen, it was. I think this is one of the most significant chapters in the Bible mm-hmm. or in the history of the church. If it went any different way, and it, and it yeah. could have, if they mm-hmm. would have cared about, well, maybe we should be, you know, back under, you know, mm-hmm. pay some difference to the to the Jewish brothers. And mm-hmm. but I mean, when they write this letter, I mean, it's it's pretty clear. Um, uh, we heard that some of our number, of whom we gave no instruction, have disturbed you. Uh, you know, they he, they just called them out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an example, and it's okay to do. Mm-hmm. The, the The challenge is always is so is, well, so what does God's word say on this or that topic? But it goes back to what you just said. We can have lively discussions and debate mm-hmm. as long as, and I think this is so important, as long as we're applying proper hermeneutics, mm-hmm. interpretive principles. Let's come together and understand what the word says. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't have it straight mm-hmm. and, and and need that kind of input into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and and at the end of the day, we may walk away and agree to disagree, right. but we can still love one another right. because Jesus said, they will know you're my disciples, not by your doctrinal statement, right. mm-hmm. but because right. you have love for one another. There's the essentials and there's the non-essentials yeah. mm-hmm. and we can help sharpen one another in both and help to interpret and understand and you know, hopefully by God's grace and the Holy Spirit just, you know, will grow yeah. and be and, better for it. And think where these people were at. All they had was the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the New Testament, <laughs> yeah. you know, they, the, James may, the epistle may have been written. Yeah. Um, so the, again, this was transition. This was, so praise God mm-hmm. that he saw fit to bring about the work of the canonization. Oh, yeah. And bring this together authoritatively. This is the scripture. And and, and mm-hmm. you know, good apologetics will help us understand why yeah. we can be confident. I mean, as confused as we get, they only had half of it. That's right. That's crazy. That's right. But 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 God's hope. God's <laughs> hope for <laughs> right. Right. Pra- praise God. Praise God. And they had these prophets because mm-hmm. these prophets, uh, Silas and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Judas Barsabbas, who they were prophets. So the Holy Spirit was speaking mm-hmm. to them, mm-hmm. and then. Maybe it's a topic we'll talk about in November at the, the post Acts uh, mm-hmm. sermon series. But um, the things that those prophets spoke, which you know, like where's that? Well, that's it's kind of this is new revelation that's mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. But it was confirmed Hebrews two four through the signs and the wonders mm-hmm. that were performed. Mm-hmm. It was confirming mm-hmm. of that, mm-hmm. and then the, the God just sovereignly intervened and He brought this Bible together so that we we have no excuse. Mm, right. You know, we have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have the full scripture. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the, there's a period at the end of Revelation, right? And it's not an ellipse. Right. It's not an ellipses. We're not out to discover yeah. what, how, how else he might be talking to me. I don't think we need prophets today. Right. Uh, because, I mean, they, they've spoken, mm-hmm. they've said it, it's written, right. and now we got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. Uh, Ephesians 2, is it 20, that says the church has been built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets. Mm-hmm. That foundation has been set. Already built. Let's mm-hmm. go to it. Let's mm-hmm. just wrestle together. And then be kind and loving to one another in our disagreements as we come together. And one other thing um, that uh, I don't know if I brought this out or not. The apostles and the elders came together. This was the spiritual leaders of the church, and they hammered this out. And it's a model, I think, for the early church, for the for any local church. 
spiritual leaders, elders, are have the burden. Mm-hmm. And when there's some, diff, you know, let's circle up, mm-hmm. let's circle up and what, okay. And then they're going to have to speak into that mm-hmm. in a definitive way. Uh, if there's conflict within a church over those type of issues, mm-hmm. they're going to have to determine what are the essentials and non-essentials right. and then lovingly shepherd and lead the church in accordance with that. And it's not oppressive. It's protective. Yeah. And trust me, it's, it's great to have somebody else doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a yeah. blessing yeah. to be a part of it. So, mm. Mark, thank you. I appreciate you being here. Alicia, you rock. Thank you so much for being in the booth. As a reminder to our viewers and listeners, you can uh, find our podcast each and every week on your favorite podcast platform. Just type in Sermon Spotlight. We pop right up new episodes on Tuesdays. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons aren't meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless.